welcome to episode four of Church Matters Podcast for SGC Marlton here in New Jersey. I'm Jason Reyes, executive pastor, and with me is our own Warren Betcher, senior pastor of Sovereign Grace Church. It's great to have you, Warren. It's good to be here again. Well, it's great to be able to talk about some of the things that have transpired over this past weekend for us as a church, and obviously to be able to talk about things that in a body that we love the most. But this past Sunday, I did want to at least touch base uh, with you about this, and we heard uh, in the afternoon the tragic past of uh, Kobe Bryant and uh, his 13-year-old daughter, uh, and then uh, a couple other family members as well that passed away, I think a total of nine people. Obviously, it's it's tragic uh, mm-hmm. in the sense of, of his passing, but some of the things that I just wanted to just touch base, why do you think it is something that, in a sense, hurts so deeply? I know for myself, maybe you can uh, speak to this, I never was a real Kobe Bryant fan. I respected him. Right. I severely respected him after he came back from the Achilles injury. It was still so great that right. he, in a sense, he kind of passed over right mm-hmm. that from me in terms of my, oh yeah, I, this guy's worthy of respect in terms of his athletic ability. But there is just something of, I feel like I've almost lost a family member myself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I know a lot of people throughout the world have felt that as well. Maybe you can kind of speak to that. What is that about? And then also maybe speak to tragedy just with regards to it is a no respecter of persons and so forth. Yeah, I think there's certain things that when they touch us, uh, they really do touch us. You remember when you hear it. People talk about that news yeah. uh, that they remember where they were. I remember as a kid growing up, it was where everybody knew where they were when John F. Kennedy was shot. Yep. And mine and was someone, Space Shuttle Challenger, if you Yeah, that. Space Shuttle it's Challenger. actually January 28, um, 1986. I was yeah. sitting in a history class. Yeah. I remember it well. Yeah, and I even had it with Princess Diana. I remember yep. right where I was. I was walking into the gym, and we just became fixated on the screen. And I think it's it's an icon. That usually is one of the aspects. It's someone who's younger. So he was a young man. His right. daughter was with him. I think the family man, so the tragedy of that. So I think icon, young, and then sudden. And those things grip you. When I heard about it, I was gripped. I think, yeah, this is something you don't know, but you're still gripped by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember feeling really sad when Robin Williams died. And you, you have this guy who you just remember in so many different contexts, and now his life's gone. And I think the finality hits you of death, of this is a person that's not here anymore. It's tragedy. And mm-hmm. I, you feel bad. You know, a wife left, and oh, yeah. other children left. And you think there's other people that were in that helicopter that are experiencing the same thing. They just don't have the fame that he had. Right. Yeah, I was sad. But the loss is still as profound. The the loss just feels very real. Yeah. I think it does say it's a broken world. Uh, Tragedy happens. It's not a respecter of persons. Right. We don't have tomorrow guaranteed. Right. And I think it does take you back to what do you have that's sure. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the ways I'm grateful we have the gospel. Right. That even in tragedy, there's something that we have to hold on to. And it's more than sentiment. It's more than even reminiscing. It's something that's rock solid. So I'm grateful for that. But for this, I feel for what happened and I feel for his family. Especially, I think there's a real knowledge of where he was, mm-hmm. you know, spiritually, you know, right. as well as the other uh, members that died in the helicopter as well. And so there's a sense of angst, you know, mm-hmm. that way, because uh, we, we do know and as we believe, you know, that Jesus teaches death really is really the birthing into eternity. So it's not the stopping of life. It's actually the entering in of really right. eternal life, either with God or without. That's sad. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there certainly is a sense of sadness. 
and, and look forward to kind of hearing the arrangements that will be made and so mm-hmm. forth and, and how uh, things play out. It you gathers know, the world's sad. attention. Oh, it totally does. It, it definitely, definitely does that. Well, death, death is a great equalizer, yeah. right? So, yeah. and uh, no one can escape it. It's batting a thousand. With that, you know, there's plenty of opportunities for the gospel. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. How would you, as a Christian, think biblically and talking through this with other people as well that are gripped? And how can we care and love people well? You do what scripture says. You rejoice with those that rejoice. You grieve with those that grieve. Mm-hmm. If people are affected by this, you reflect the grief of it. Right. It's a man's life's done. A daughter's life's done. There's people behind that that are grieving. Mm-hmm. So I think for people that are affected by it, I think you join that. I don't think you have to do a lot of other things right away. Evaluating his life. Right, right. You know, that just doesn't seem like the timely thing. I wouldn't be talking about his virtues or vices. I think I would just be grieving. And it's a sad thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'd probably then be reflecting to what I have that gives me hope. We're not immune from tragedy and no Christian is. Right. But I get there slowly. I think I would agree with those that grieve. That's good. Yeah, I would say that that would be probably very timely advice. I think Christians... Uh, to heed and to be patient with yeah. know, uh, in, in that respect. And also to resist the temptations to interpret tragedy, right? Yeah, to interpret tragedy, to teach prematurely into tragedy. Right. We can say the right things, right Christian things, and those things exist, but there's timing. And I think where people are hurting, you hurt with them. Well, Jesus certainly you That's know, what he did. That, didn't he? You <laughs> yeah. Know, obviously, Jesus wept at Lazarus and also seeing the effect of his passing upon others. It wasn't that he didn't know what he was doing, but he was able to be present and enter into that moment mm-hmm. with others. You mm-hmm. know? And so we want to be likewise, mm-hmm. you know, as Christians. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, this past Sunday, we had heard the fourth message in mm-hmm. our series, What's Love Got to Do With It? And it was titled Abiding Love. And it was from John 15, 1 through 11. And Andrew did a great job preaching the text and and really opened it up to us. So there's a couple points that we just wanted to just tease out a little Mm -hmm. bit more. And uh, one of which is Andrew was talking about the abiding love is a pruning love towards us as well. Oftentimes as Christians, that it wouldn't necessarily, pruning is not something that we look forward to. There's a pain component, if you will, to it, uh, something almost to be avoided. Help me to understand what should be a biblical perspective with regards to pruning that God does call and bring to our lives. And then how should we walk through that experientially, you know, as well, some of the things that we can be thoughtful of. We have to believe that God's for us. Oh, that's good. So if we don't have that, we're going to miss it. And so God wants to remove those things that hinder us. And I think hinder our joy. And Andrew tied that to the end of this message. Right. Obedience does not hinder a Christian's joy. Pruning does not hinder a Christian's joy. It's actually a path to joy. You know, if you have a pebble in your shoe, take it out. And the Bible talks about sins that easily cling to us. Mm-hmm. And sin's always detrimental. It's always harmful. It's always got effects. It's always deceitful. It always makes us vulnerable. So as actually believing that God's for us in it. So Mm -hmm. I think we have to start with that. And this is where Romans 8 was great to proceed this series. Oh, yeah. What's love got to do with it? Well, we unpack God's love to us, particularly in the second half of Romans 8, but all of Romans 8. Right. And that verse of, if God is for you, who can be against you? Right. God is for me, even when he's pruning. Having that biblical view that this is good for me. Right. But it doesn't mean it's not painful. The other thing we have to understand is it's one thing if God prunes us in our quiet time or like personal conviction. <laughs> right. That's probably not as painful <laughs> right. as when someone comes to us and actually they're wielding the shears. And they may not, they may prune more than needs to be pruned. So God's the perfect pruner, yeah. but he uses imperfect people yeah. in that process. Yeah. We just have to be humble. God often is doing that. I mean, he's using my wife 
more than anybody else in my life to have pruned my life. But she's calling me out. Mm -hmm. It's painful when I'm called out. So then it becomes really an issue of, do I trust the Lord in this? Do I want to obey God and be humble or do I want to defend myself? Defending myself has never produced fruit, whereas embracing pruning has produced fruit. So I think we got to believe God's force. We got to believe it's good for us. It will enhance our joy, not steal our joy. We have to be humble in who's coming. We may give certain people, like certain people, we might give them the credibility when when they come, but God may say, well, I'm actually going to bring someone else that maybe you don't have the same relationship with, but they have a great observation. And I think this is where we have to slow down our hearts. Our hearts are going to race to be defensive, race to justify, protect. And I think it's supernatural Mm -hmm. when we don't do that. It really is an experience of God's love for yes. us when we're experiencing pruning times and in our lives. And I remember uh, Jerry Bridges talks about the three ways that we are sanctified. We are, is one is by God's word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's a sense of it can be hard, but there's a sense of comfortability. Two is others. Mm-hmm. And then three is circumstances. Right. And yeah. God will use all three yeah. you know, in our lives. But again, it's for our good so that there is nothing that really comes in between our ability to be able to experience God's love for us. Tell me if you can, in terms of this abiding love, I thought it was interesting where he ended. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what's the point of abiding in Mm -hmm. God's love? You want to talk about that a little bit? Because I think this is something that we can often miss. Yeah, I think, again, we tend to make things moral codes. So we tend to put them out in that way in moral language. So even our put off and put ons, which Mm -hmm. involve a lot of moral categories, right? right. right? Vices and virtues. So we're putting off things. Well, I think what happens is that they become lists and we miss the God, the big God part of it, Mm -hmm. God's heart to bring this, bring to freedom and to enjoy him. And so I think that's where we've got to actually change our mind about how we view obedience. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, our whole life was resisting obedience. Right, right. You know, children resist obeying. That's why they are disciplined. Mm-hmm. We want to be our own masters. Uh, we want to create our own destiny. So everything, that's the inclination. That's the hard wiring of us. When we get to the other side, actually we find life in losing it. We take up our cross. Right. And Jesus did that for the joy set before him. That's good. So even Jesus had joy in obedience. Did he endure great suffering? Did he learn obedience through suffering? Absolutely. But it was for the joy set before him. Right. So even he's an example of that. And finding joy in pleasing God. So I think it clarifies and enhances joy. It increases your life view. Your life doesn't get stay small. Mm-hmm. It actually gets enlarged right. as we obey. So I, I do think these things enhanced joy. I think we just have to think actively differently about it. And also to be mindful that we are pursuing joy as we are abiding. That's the fruit that we're looking for and right. that God wants to bring us into, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and so forth. So the scripture memory verse for this week is John 15, 5. Uh, and for those of you who just want a quick review, I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So that is what we're going to be focusing on this week in memorizing together as a church and grateful for some of the folks who are already taking advantage right now. And if you've been able to see some of the on social media reciting of these verses from various church members, it's been fun to see that. So that's there for you as well, church. And if you'd like to check out our website and you can get directions on how to go ahead and record and where to download your videos. So we'd love to be able to see those. But speaking of Andrew, so he preached this past Sunday and great, you know, I'm excited about the news. We announced a couple of weeks ago that Andrew's transitioning and taking on Resolve Ministry, which 
For those of you who are not part of SGC, a resolve ministry really is just our singles ministry of the church. I'm excited for Andrew to be involved with this, Christina to be right alongside him in this. There's a sense of sadness, you know, as well as I'm sure I'm having to transition out of that role primarily to a lot of health reasons, but so excited for these people that I love to be cared for him. Can you just give me a little bit about what are we looking forward to, you know, in terms of what Andrew's going to bring to this ministry and for these singles? Before I do that, and I, you didn't ask me to do this, but I would want to first thank you. Because <laughs> you, you love this group with all of your heart. And I know you did. And I know it was hard for you to step out of this ministry. And you and Laurie enjoyed it together. Mm. So I think first, I want to thank you for your faithfulness and its sacrifice. You could have continued to stay on. But this shows your love, your pastor's heart. Mm. You wanted them to receive more. Why ministry can drive us, it showed me that ministry didn't rule you. So you didn't cling to position, cling to ministry. You actually gave it to someone who you thought could do more with it. Yeah, you can't. But... That can't be missed. Both of your care, your pastor's heart, but how you even think through ministry. I appreciate um, it. I love these people. So and it's you do. easy I know you do. to transition and see Andrew, you yeah. know, as, the, as in a sense, the answer for this season of our church life. So tell me a little right. bit about what Andrew's going to be. Excited for him. Absolutely. One, the time that I think you can give yeah, to it. Yeah. And that time is not just the hours. It's the energy. Right. right. Um, it's the relational ability, just time for the you know relationships to yeah. pursue people. And then just knowing Andrew, I'm around Andrew. He's just one of those guys you're around. He's a big hearted man. Yes, he is. Uh, so when we talk about this series, you know, having a large heart and being a big hearted person, he is that. That's right. So he affects me. So I get the privilege of being with him, you know, six days a week almost. Right, right. He's in my office. He comes by. Sometimes drive by. Hugger. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> drive by encouragements are not helpful, but, but drive bys with Andrew are. Um, you, know, you get that drive by comment, that yeah. little ten second comment. Sometimes that does more harm than good. But actually, his his comments are helpful. Right. Even when he's just driving by me, um, he. Loves Loves, he loves well. Yes, he does. So I think he loves God well, and yeah. I think he's amazed at God's love, and I think that's so deep in him, and I think he loves others. Yep. So I think he really does embody this series yep. as well as anybody I know. So I think that he's such a big-hearted man, and to know that that kind of a man is going to be with this group, I think he's infectious. Yep. My excitement is for them to be around that. This world's calling for them in every way. It calls for every generation in unique ways. So it's not like this is the first generation that's, you know, the siren songs of the world right. are coming. But they're coming and there's more subtle and it's more pervasive than ever. It invades more parts of our life than ever before. Somewhat because of media access and social media and all the things that are available. This is a group that's crucial for us that we love and we want to invest in that. Yeah. And I think to be able to have more time to do that with this kind of man, with his heart, I'm thrilled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Amen. Very excited as well. The only thing I'd add outside of his exceptional encouraging ability, he's also a man without guile. So when Absolutely. he encourages you, there's no backhanded yeah. agenda. No agenda. And no flattery. Because no, he'll, no. he'll tell you the truth. There yes, are, he is. There yes, are men is. in my life that I've had that when they tell you the truth and do that, prune you, you're grateful. He's one of those guys. That's good. That's good. Well, we're very excited. This Sunday, again, for those of you who may be listening, there's a Resolve meeting that's going to be taking place after church immediately following the service. So that starts, again, this Sunday, February 2nd. And yeah. excited about that. And I think it gives the Resolve people an opportunity to come in with their own fresh start yeah. and say, we want to build the ministry. Yeah. We're not just following a leader. We're owning the ministry. 
In the time that we have remaining, we also, this past Sunday was really a special Sunday as we had welcomed in new members. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we call it New Members Sunday and had a great time of a luncheon afterwards as well. Grateful for the new members, excited about the multi-generational folks, yes. you know, that were added yep. to the church who are children of adult members, mm-hmm. been here for a while, and also excited about Resolve Ministry and some of the new members that came from that ministry. Any in reflections on, on your end? It's always an amazing day. It takes me the very first time when we had our very first new members. No, that's good. And we had more people on the stage than we're in the audience. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that was a very telling time. Hey, that'd be great to have that again. Um, but, you know, it, just God's mm-hmm. grace and God's activity in their lives mm-hmm. is so real. And we had a luncheon with them afterwards and just hearing them and just seeing that they want to be on mission with right, us. Right, exactly, yeah. Uh, and they realize they're, they know people we don't know. And they're, they're enjoying the fruits of other people's service and labors over the years and now they get to be part of that in building the church which others have labored hard to do Mm -hmm. and now they get to be part of that so seeing their hearts it was wonderful by way of announcement we have a join sgc that's Mm -hmm. kicking off this sunday Uh, We also have Vital Life that kicks off on Monday night. Do you want to promo some of that for us real quick? Yeah, excited for uh, Caleb, who's teaching, Caleb Bissett, and then also Ben Davis. Both classes are going to be excellent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Caleb's How Do You Find Christ in the Old Testament, which Uh obviously is an intriguing title, and we believe that's true because the Bible's one story. Yeah, biblical theology. Um, It's going to be very good. Biblical theology and all the prophecies, all the things that point to Christ. And then How to Read and Study Your Bible with Ben Davis. That's Ben, Ben, yeah. Caleb's told me his outlines are outstanding. Mm Mm-hmm. We've talked about abiding. Mm-hmm. We cannot fail to make the connection between abiding and reading God's right. Word. And we can read God's Word fruitlessly. So there's nothing more important than to know, am I reading accurately, correctly? Am I studying correctly and applying correctly? Ben's class is going to give the tools to do that and do that well. So the Bible becomes, it really is accessible. Right. We right. believe it's accessible. We believe the Holy Spirit helps us to understand, but we still have to read. All we got to do is turn on the news and see the Bible's misquoted and misapplied all over. All the time. So by famous people in prominent places. So this is important. And we shouldn't think that we're somehow exempt from misreading. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited about Ben's class. And I'd encourage anybody who's not taking this and wants to grow. And maybe you you read the Bible and you're like, it's just dry to me. This is a class. Or I don't understand. This is the class. Or I want to be inspired or reinvigorate. This is the class. Six weeks long, Monday nights. Monday uh, nights. Starts February 3rd. Yes. So uh, excited for that. And again, for our church members, we've encouraged our church along the way over the past few years. If you can't take all the classes, that's fine. But commit yourself to one a year. But that kind of commitment is going to bear fruit. Fruit over time. Exactly. Yep. We hope to see some more people. They can sign up and join and be a part of that as well this week. Before we go ahead and conclude, need a Super Bowl prediction from you. Who's going to win this Sunday's Super Bowl? Well, you know, I got to root for Andy Reid. Okay. He was there. So you're going for the Chiefs. He didn't win. All right. He, he's a good coach. Yeah. You know, and he's got a tie to Peterson. So yeah. he's, got, he's got that tie as well. Yep. And, uh, Dougie gave him some counsel for the, for the Super Bowl. <laughs> so I'm sure he really was grateful for that. Uh, so, you know, Mahomes is just, he's just, he plays in a unique way. Yes, he does. Um, and his ability to scramble and throw from <laughs> angles that are just different. Otherworldly. Uh, so yep. they're an exciting team. So they're a fun team to watch. Yep. Uh, picking the Chiefs to, yep. to win. I mean, it should uh, be a good be game. Great know? defense with San exactly. Francisco. Exactly. And a great offense with Kansas City. Yep. So it should be really interesting yeah. to see how strength, they're... Strength to strength. Yep. yep. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm going for the Chiefs as well. And I think they definitely have the manpower to do it. So yeah. would love to see Andy Reid finally win a Super Bowl yeah. and get a Super Bowl ring. Be good for him. 
Well, that's all we have time for today. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Church Matters. Thank you, Warren, again, for being with us today. And uh, Kenny Smith, thank you for all the work that you do helping to edit and produce all of our podcasts here at SGC. We're so grateful for you, buddy. I look forward to being back with everyone next week. God bless. Great week. God bless. God bless.